Berkshire Football Stories podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programs are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast with me, Rob Davis, Tom Canning. Hello. And unfortunately, Abby can't join us this week. She's not yet come down from cloud nine after Ascot's results of the weekend. But instead, um, stepping in for the first part of the pod, at least, we have the joint managers of Berks County, Ellis Woods and Lee Simpson. Gents, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Yeah, really good. Cheers. Thanks for having us. No problem at all. And I should actually have caveated that with tabletopping Barks County because after a 3-0 victory against Bedfont last night, Tuesday night, you guys are top of the Combined Counties Division 1. How are you, uh, how are you feeling? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've dropped out, but it's, I think it's come back in now. Great. Okay. Lee, well, Lee, how did just... you feel about last night? <laughs> Sorry? How did you, you feel, feel about, about last night? Was Rob's question? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was. It was positive. It was obviously a good result for us. Um, boys have been great the last few weeks, and um, yeah, we're happy with the group at the minute and where they're at. It's, re- it's been really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Three 0 win against uh, playoff competing Bedford. Uh, that was uh, pretty impressive, and it sends you top of the table. Um, well, how how are you feeling about the season in general so far? I think. Um... I think for us this year was about just progressing from last year. So regardless of mm. what what we what we've finished with this year, it was it it's sort of like right, okay, well how to how do we better what we did last year? Last year was our first year, the club's first year at this level. Um and to take them from step seven up to step six, you know, the next few years years were always gonna be tough. So I think, you know, it, for me and Sam, I think you know, he, he might say differently now, but I think we were both just in the headspace of let's just let's just progress on what we did last year and how do we do that? And oh, okay, well we need to look at this, we need to look at that. Like, and there's no magic formula to that. I think it's just a, a perfect storm of making sure we better what we did last year. Mm, absolutely. Did you put any goals, specific goals, like playoffs or progress in cup competitions or anything like that um, at the start of the season? Lee, yeah, I think we set, we sort of set the group of challenges of trying to achieve the playoff spot. That was our that was our target. Um, and look, we're we're well aware that the league goes 
up and down. Like anyone could beat anyone. So mm-hmm. for us at the minute, where we're at doesn't really mean much. We've got lots of a lot of work to do. Whether that's it, it still within the playoffs, right? There's it's quite a few teams competing for the same spots at the minute, and you have a couple of bad games, and you can go on a bit of a bad run, and then it can all change. So we're being very grounded with it, with it all the minute. Just got to keep ticking over, keep going. Um, we're on we're on target for the minute for the playoffs, and that's where we want to try and stick to if we can. But there's no real pressure from us to the players because we're Barts County. We've you know, we've only been there for for a couple of seasons, and um, you know we're we're ground sharing at the minute at Binfield, and you know we're. we're we're, we're kind of all new to this. So for us, we're just enjoying it and just enjoying the ride and hopefully the players are in that sort of same mindset at the minute as well. Mm. The uh, league in general has been sort of hit by the weather and um, all, lots of clubs are struggling with completing their games. Obviously, one of your uh, main uh, competitors, Sandhurst, are still, still supposedly have 14 games left to play, although perhaps their game last night might be awarded towards them because the uh, bag shot pulled out at the last minute. Um, how does that sort of play into your mindset? You know, you've got teams that are, are still got 12, 14, 10, nine games to play. You, you've got seven to go. So still quite a, a busy end of season schedule. How does, uh, how do you sort of, how does that, the other teams and where other teams are affect what you do? I think, um, I think what I've, what I've sort of set out to sort of say to the players before every game is don't, don't look elsewhere. Keep looking up. Like you know, we've 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 sort of sat around that fifth, sixth position for a little while, and it was right. Okay, mm. well, don't worry about what's going on. You know, in and below us, just keep looking up. Can we keep can, can we keep challenging those around us rather than looking at them and fearing them? Can we go and compete with them? Um, and in terms of the fixture schedule, we've we've prepared for that. Like we we've made some good signings that have come in and made a good impact and helped us because we knew we had so many games. And everyone knows that this level of football and Simo has already alluded to it, like things can change so quickly in terms of injuries, availability and all that sort of stuff. So we've prepared for that. We've done as much as we can. That's that's simply it. Um, Sim, anything to add? Sorry, I've rambled on. Yeah, I think like last season we obviously we had a fairly good Mars run, which put us in a similar situation <laughs> last year. We had... Yeah quite a lot of games at the end of the season we were playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So I think we learned from that last year ourselves that we need to go and recruit more for the end of the season. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. So you need to make sure you've got a good enough squad to, to cope with those, those challenges. Um, and I think we, we've been in a, like this season, we've been in a quite a good space with that. Um, and I think like, like the, other, the other teams have, have got some work to do. I think it, it's tough for everyone. It's really, really, it's been bad this year with the weather. Um, I think we probably could have played more games at the start of the year as well. Um, but that's how it, that's how it is. Everyone's got to try and deal with it, and everyone will be in the same boat at some at some stage, I'm sure. Absolutely. I've noticed your uh, game scheduled match against Langley seems to have been moved. That was going to be a huge game uh, coming up. Um, out of the remaining fixtures, obviously there's that Langley game you're uh, scheduled to play away at Sandhurst. Are there any in particular games you're sort of looking ahead and thinking, right, this could be decisive, or is it just each game as it comes? Yeah, I think from my perspective, I think we we just have to approach every game in the same way. Oh, it sounds so cliche, I know, like yeah. <laughs> so cliche. It's just ridiculous, but but that's sort of like where we're at with the players as well. Like we, they're all aware of how important every single game is, and also that any team in this division on their day can hurt you. We've been hurt. Mm. We have been hurt this year by teams that 
on paper a neutral would go well you'd fancy fancy box to win that one but we've we've walked away licking our wounds a little bit so you can't rest on your laurels in this division um yeah it's tough it is a tough division like it's, it 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 shouldn't go unstated but regardless of the level it's 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 hard i think as well it's even more it's, you can't really go watch a team and plan for, particularly for any sort of group just because the availability changes in this level so much and some players are dual wedge, so they might have some players that are playing up and then come back down if they haven't got a game. Like it is really it's quite a hard one to plan for at times as well. So just gotta look at yourself and be the best version of, of of your group and then just see where that takes you. Brilliant. Go on, Tom, you had something to say. Um, yeah, it was just quickly. Uh, I just we've just uh, Josh Brown from the Maidenhead Advertiser. Our next guest is here, so I'll just um, I'll just ask this really quickly. But um, probably a few weeks ago on the podcast, Ellis, I know you listen at least, but I think I probably wrote you off of challenging from the title. I think I definitely said playoffs, but I certainly wrote you off from the title. Does the, what do you do with stuff like that? Because it, I, I suppose it's not like there are hundreds of commentators talking about Bark County all the time. But um, d- does that does that mean anything to you? I mean, I know you and I and and Lit and Simo as well. You know, we know each other, um, and and it was certainly not a not a malicious comment at all. But just looking mm-hmm. at the fixtures, it didn't look like you could do it. Do you do anything with that, or or is it just um, you know? Carry on. That's, that's fuel to us. That's fuel to us. <laughs> like, it's, it's a great it's a great position to be in. Like being the underdog is lovely. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it it means any success is you know we can sort of excuse my French. We can throw our two fingers up to to anyone <laughs> that says that we're not good enough or we're not ready or the club's not big enough or all that sort of stuff. Mm. You know we we are we know who we are. We're we're a really young club. Um, I want to quickly say this because I think it's important and I've learned from it. So when I was at Binfield, I was running the, the junior setup stuff with um, a couple of guys. And I remember us, we lost out on the title at some point and it was again, I think it was either a maidenhead who, were, who was smashing Allied counties. And Bob Bacon was like, Ellis, he was like, we're Binfield. Like you, 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 any any progress is great progress, and I think that's the same here with what we're doing at Barks. Any little any little step forward is lovely, and we should embrace it and enjoy it. Um, sorry, again, I'm I'm, I'm waffling, but that's kind, of, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Lee, yeah, look, won't, won't read too much into what for me personally what's been said and and what people think. You just got to worry about yourselves, and like I said earlier, just be the best version of the group that you've got, and. If we can keep enjoying it and keep finding the right solutions, then we'll hopefully be all right. Um, there's no, there, there's never been any pressure from us to the players on winning anything or you know even competing at a certain level. It's just you know keep keep working, keep working hard, keep working smart, and um, keep and, and keep fighting. Brilliant. Things can change quick at any level. <laughs> Things yeah. can change quick. We've taken nothing for granted. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Well, you guys. Um... Your next game, obviously, being uh, Penn and Tyler's Green on Saturday. Uh, Best of luck for that and the seven remaining games for the season. And uh, thank you very much for joining us on the pod. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Cheers. 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 Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. That was Lee Simpson and Ellis Wood, the uh, joint managers of uh, Barks County there. But as Tom mentioned a minute ago, we also have another guest on today, Josh Brown from the Maidenhead Advertiser. Josh, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Hi, Rob. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, Josh. Yeah, you're right. Good. Stuff. Very yeah, well. Good. Good. Well, thank you very much for joining. Obviously, you 
uh, the Maynard Advertiser covers not just Maynard, but a fair few teams in the area. And uh, one of the teams that you cover had quite a result last night, a result that affects both the top and the bottom of the combined counties Premier Division North. So uh, at Scours Lane, Reading City played out a 4-4 draw with Windsor. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting game uh, from the outside, Josh. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, from, from what I understand, Windsor were a fair, fair bit in the lead at one point. They probably were feeling that they could have got all three points. Before the game, obviously, you would have probably said that Mick Woodham and the team would have taken a draw from Reading City. But then, um, yeah, on, on the grand scheme of things, you know, a win would have done them a world of good. And, and Reading City, that's that's two two points dropped there. Or, you know, they, they, they could have got the win. So, um yeah, it was, uh, it was quite surprising. Obviously, to, I wasn't there, but to go through Twitter and see Windsor score every five seconds and um, yeah, <laughs> I was getting quite excited, but obviously it wasn't to be. But still, like, like we say, a draw, a draw isn't bad at all. Draw isn't bad, certainly away at the team currently second in the league. Uh, it does leave Windsor still in that relegation zone. They're second bottom at the moment. Uh, Oxy Jets, the bottom place side, lost at home to uh, Wallingford and Crowmarsh. Uh, but Wokingham and Emmerich are still uh, slightly ahead of Windsor. So Windsor, one point currently away from safety, although there are plenty of other teams involved in that battle at the bottom. Um, what do you think about the end of the season for Windsor? They've got uh, eight, ooh, six games left to get them out of trouble. Do you think they've got enough in the team to do it? They've, they've sort of, I think they're facing a mixture of teams in those in those six matches. And, and hmm. some are... Would be sort of Pender's must wins. You sort of look at the one they've got next, Oxy Jets. That's yes, as a as a big game of six pointer, and then they follow that up with two games against Flatwell and Hollyport, who are local teams or local rivals to them. Sorry, so they should know them quite well, mainly how they play and things like that. So yeah, they they really should be, you know, going for the win in every single match, really, um, to pull themselves out of it. Because I know a lot of teams, like like I mentioned, Hollyport, they have a fair few games in hand, and they'll want to. You know, capitalise on those. So yeah, Windsor should take confidence and, and you know encouragement from the you know recent results, especially last night. Um, but they need to stop conceding these late goals. And that's what's killing them. I mean, I know, I know they've got a young side, and I know it all comes down to experience to manage those final ten minutes, those fifteen minutes, right? But to, to keep conceding those late goals at the end is really, I don't know if they'll look back at the end of the season and think what could have been. Yeah, absolutely. They do, like you say, we've had a few issues with um, sort of. Uh, player and retention and they do like you say have a very young squad but there are some signs there that they're sort of turning it around because they were on a pretty terrible run and they've you know struck a couple of results together that look a uh, look sort of slightly promising should we say uh, going into the last few games of the season yeah certainly it, it was, it's always going to be hard I mean you look at the Windsor lineup sort of week on week and it's, it's different every time right there's a different mm set of 11 players there maybe there's the one or two you recognize and they're normally the ones that score or on the score sheet rather but yeah it, it was always going to be hard for Mick Woodham to sort of keep these players down they're young players and, and they you know Windsor don't have a playing budget to keep these players there from the first game of the season to the end so you know for, for what he's doing you know somewhat steering the ship to safety I think um I think it's pretty good absolutely so another team that are sort of down towards that end of the table, uh, sort of slightly looking over their shoulders uh, in the division that they're in, a slough. Um, they've sort of been around the relegation zone for a little while now. They're a little bit clear of it, sort of five points uh, clear with 
five games to go. So a little bit of daylight, but certainly not um, not um, out of danger yet, especially with teams below them having games in hand. Uh, got a draw at the weekend at Hemel Hempstead and then have a couple of big games against um, mid, sort of mid-table or uh, teams around them this weekend. Uh, what do you uh, sort of give us an overview of how you think Slough have gone so far this season? Yeah, Slough obviously have had a bit of a transition season, a bit of a roller coaster ride. You know, Scott Davis has done quite a really good job, though, I think, yeah. certainly of, of, of pulling the, um, the team together and really being that sort of, you know, he, he's had no experience in management before and you, you wouldn't be able to tell that because I feel like they have picked up some great results and the brand of football they're playing, certainly when I've been to the matches, is, you know, really good standard. I think they've just been, again, another team that do have a few young players, particularly at the back, that may be guilty of uh, a few mistakes and that's what's, you know, turning these wins into a draw or into a loss like like sort of the weekend. They, they probably should have won, really, had it not been for maybe a bit of a... Uh, I don't know what you call it out of the back, but if a mistake at the back, maybe lapsing concentration, I don't know. But I think they've got, you know, a great chance to stay up. Like you say, they've got games coming up that are um, against teams around them and they'll be feeling the pressure as well. They won't particularly go into it thinking a slow or an easy team to to beat. So, um, yeah, as long as they can maybe get two more wins, three more wins, I think they should be pretty safe. Yeah. Do you think that squad, this should they survive, do you think that experience will hold them in good stead for next season? Like you say, there's a young squad probably gaining a bit of experience this year and a new manager, as you mentioned. Um, you know, How do you think that that uh, these experiences for this season will hold them in, will affect them next year, should they stay up? Sorry, I'll just so repeat that last bit. Sorry, I just lost you for a second. So how, how will the experiences for this year um, for this young squad and young management team affect Slough for, or help Slough next year should they stay up? Yeah, should they stay up? And, and should should they keep hold of these, these young players they have? I think, um, mm. yeah, there's, there's all the, the foundations there for them to have a successful year next year. We'll see the, the takeover or, or the sort of purchase of Slough Tower was meant to happen. I don't know what's happening with that at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And um, as long as Slough continue to have that blend of of young players and experienced heads. I spoke to Lee Togwell this morning, uh, one of Slav's more sort of veteran players, and you know I think he's he's going to be instrumental as long as you know, as well as Scott Davis, and Josh Chapman, all these sort of older heads, all these experienced players. I think it's going to do him a lot of favours next season. Absolutely, yeah. And what other club we've got to ask you about? It's called the Maidenhead Advertiser, so <laughs> remiss of us not to mention Maidenhead uh, with you on the pod here. Um, Another season that looks like it's going to end in survival, not mathematically secure yet, but 10 points clear of the uh, relegation zone. Maybe they just keep punching above their weight, don't they? Um, another, like, people might say, oh, it's just mid-table, but for a club like Maidenhead, that is a fantastic result, is it not? I sometimes forget that, you know, they are they are punching well above their weight when you're sort of saying, why aren't they beating these uh, Chesterfields? It was a nil-nil, why couldn't yeah. they grab that? goal but absolutely that they, they, they sort of really established themselves as a, a national league regular and that's that's, that's given Alan Demetrio immense pride over the past couple of seasons you know he's been able to get them out of this they have this sort of routine run of form where they lose several matches in a row and then find themselves winning a good five or something like that so it's yeah they they, they really do um pick up the results when they matter the most and like you said I think they're a handful of points away from you know sure and they'll be in this season in this league for next season and um yeah, absolutely. 
what do you think Maidenhead need to do perhaps to progress from here? Because they've had a few seasons, you know, and we can't take anything away from Maidenhead. The achievements they've had or the way they've played since they've been in the National League has been phenomenal. But what do you think uh, Maidenhead would perhaps need to do to maybe just push on, start like troubling the top half of the table a bit more and maybe even just like looking at the playoffs? It's hard to do so, but hold on to some yeah. of their star players. You know, it's mm. it's that's what it comes down to. It it, it probably you know is never going to happen because of like we say they're a part time team. These players want to go on and play football full time, and why wouldn't you? You know, you're a young sort of man yeah. that wants to level himself up, wants to progress in the pyramid. But um, yeah, if, uh, I've heard even rumours now that Emil Aqua, top scorer for the Magpies this season, you know, could be tipped to move away, and I think. Mm. But to not have that sort of settled, you know, group of players, more well, few players, let's say, um, season after season, I think sometimes, you know, frustrates the fans that are like, you know, we've just got used to this place, banging all the goals for us, and now he's going to have to play for Solihull Moors or something like that. You look at yeah. Josh Kerr, obviously a fan favourite for many years, really, really good, prolific goal scorer, and um, yeah, obviously doing it well up there. It's just a shame that, yeah, Maidenhead can't have this routine set for 11 players. Yeah, Aqua's obviously just played in the um, uh, England C match against Wales. Do you think something like that is both a blessing and a curse for uh, for Maidenhead? Obviously, it's great to have your players represented in things like this, but it does perhaps show off that there's some good talent at Maidenhead that uh, uh, other clubs might come looking for. Yeah, you look back at when um, Maidenhead had uh, Danilo Orsi now at Grimsby and Josh Cody now at uh, Exeter, I believe. Yeah. I sort of brought attention to them a lot because I really enjoyed watching them. So, I, you know, every article I was writing was pretty much about them or yeah. headlines with them. And then a few fans got on my back just saying, don't, you know, don't advertise them, don't promote them. You know, it's um, <laughs> other clubs are going to swoop in, but you have to. And, and obviously this is what, this is what these league clubs have done, right? They've, they've seen the, how good these players are. They've seen their records at this level and, um, yeah, come in for them. But, hey, look, Dev- Alan Devonshire is not going to say, look, no, you can't take a meal away from us if sort of our championship club or, let's say, League One, League Two side, sorry, come in for him and, um, yeah, I want him to bolster their team. Absolutely. Well, they've got another couple of games over the weekend away at Solihull Moors on Friday before returning to York Road on Monday to face Torquay. Uh, will you be down covering either of them, Josh? I'll be I'll be on Monday at um, Torquay. Um, oh, yeah. That'll be um, that one too. Yeah, that, that should be quite a um, quite a good game. That, that's that's a team that are well, currently in the bottom four, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, they'll be targeting that all three points, I think. Alan Tavish won't admit it, but yeah, I think a win, anything but a win, probably you know, insufficient really. So um, yeah, yeah, so we'll see how they do. Obviously on on Friday against Solihull Moors, there could be a change in the lineup. There could be a few knocks picked up. That means it goes with a slightly weaker side or a slightly yeah. different side. But we'll see what happens. So what what can Maidenhead fans? Last question. Then what can Maidenhead fans hope for um, for the end of the season? Is it five games left they have now? Uh, is it? Is it just sort of like take each game as it comes or should they be hitting, say, a target? Maybe even just trying to get into that top half of the table. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why not? You know, it's, it's what, uh, two points off 50 points and that's that's what Alain Devish was always targeted. So hmm. once they hit that 50-point mark, say if they do get this win on Monday that I, I'm tipping them to get, then just go for it. Just absolutely try and push up as hard as you can because all these other teams will be feeling the pressure of 
trying to you know stay up or trying to keep themselves in mid table. So the pressures on the other teams. Maidenhead should have by then secured their sort of status in the league, and um, yeah, the balls in the other teams' courts, I suppose. Fantastic stuff. Well, Josh, thank you very much for joining us and talking no all problem. things Berkshire football. Um, uh, let everyone know where can everyone find your work. You can find our stories online, um, obviously the mainhandadvertise.co.uk, or you can wait until we're out in uh, physical form in the newspaper, which comes out tomorrow morning, Thursday, yes. Thursday morning. Good. Well, available in all good news agents in Maidenhead. Brilliant stuff. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Josh. And no uh, we hope to hear you, uh, from you soon. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Rob. Bye-bye then. Cheers. Okay. That's it for the end of uh, part one. Uh, Tom, do you want to uh, take us into the break? And uh, we will speak to you. For those of you listening on the podcast, we will uh, see hear from you. Well, we'll be back with you <laughs> after the ads. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. Ticket Pass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Factor Football Stories is sponsored by The Curious Academy, skills hub running the sales academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Well, thank you and welcome back to part two of the podcast. Uh, we will start now uh, with some chat on the Woodley ladies uh, making it to the final of the Chairman's Cup, uh, drawing 1-1 with Woking and eventually triumphing 3-0 on penalties. Uh, Woodley can look forward to a cup final uh, at the end of the season, Tom. Yes, it's a it's a league and cup final, isn't it? It's uh, mm. they've already won the Southern Region Women's Football League Division One title, um, and now they are going. To, I was going to say going to Wembley, but they're going to the Chairman's Cup final. Um, I'm not sure who are they playing. Do we know? Um, Oh, I haven't got that in front of me. No, I haven't. I haven't discovered that information yet either. But they, um, um, they, they, they won on penalty. They won three nil on three nil on penalties. That's going to mm. hurt for uh, for Woking, isn't it? Not managing to convert one of their spot kicks. Um, so yeah, they, it's uh, it's really nice. I'm just trying to uh, just trying to see who uh, who got their penalties. Um, but it's uh, it, they've they've had a great season ever since dropping down. Um, they've really uh, they, they've they've really made the most of it. It's not the first time they've they've taken a decision to kind of drop. Although I think they were relegated actually last season, but previously they have um, they have decided to take a drop down. And it's not the first time they've done it. And they've they've really kind of rebuilt. Um, and it's. Um, it's just been uh, it's been really good um, that they've they've been able to kind of come back strongly. They've rebuilt and they're you know they'll be going back up, um, and and they've done they've done fantastically well. So um, you know, long may long may that continue. Um, I've just, may Hamblin scored her kick. Uh, Gemma Sims um, and uh, Cheadle, whose whose first name eludes me just at the moment, but I am um, just uh, just looking her up very quickly. Uh, where are we? Uh, da, 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 da. Sophie Cheadle, there we go. So those three, Gemma Sims, Sophie Cheadle, and uh, May Hamblin converted their spot kicks to send Woodley United through, which was great. Very good. The other semi-final is being played tonight, just so you ah. know. It's Abbey Rangers against Eversley and California. So... 
could have uh, Eversley and California Woodley final or a team. We well, two sort of Berkshire links there. That would be pretty good. Yeah, like you say, Woodley having a pretty cracking season. Already won the league and looking to add a cup to that as well. Very good indeed. Now, another next item is you wanted to talk about the Cavisham United manager, Tom. Yes, um, Georgia Graham, who has been the manager of the Cavisham United women's side, um, is stepping down, stepping back from her role next season um, due to other commitments, it says here. Um, she's been in charge of the, the team since they became Cavisham United women, moving across from um, uh, uh, Cavisham, is it uh, AFC, Cavisham AFC? Well, I can't remember the name of the, the, the team that they, the, if Cavisham United are listening to this, I'll be delighted that I can't remember the name of the other team, which is uh, which is pretty pretty poor of me, really. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they had um, they had a decent FA Cup run last season, didn't they? Um, played QPR uh, in the in the Women's FA Cup, um, and she's been she's been instrumental in in guiding that team and setting that team up within Cavisham United Women. Uh, sorry, within Cavisham United within the Goats family. Um, so sad to see her go. I think they are looking for a they are, they're on the on the scout out for a new manager. Um, but yeah, big big shoes to fill. Um, I know she she only took the role because she was she'd been injured. Um, so so whether she uh, goes is going back towards a more playing role or not, I don't know. But um, we have actually there is a Cavalry United podcast with Georgia um, somewhere within our podcast archive. Um, you can just go and look that up on your on your favorite app. There is there is one in there with Georgia. It's a really nice one. Um, I believe that's also the podcast where we had the uh, the, the chief go. Paul Gutteridge was on a train and and you as soon as you realize what those noises in the background were you did realize he was on a train so that was fun um that one's that was from quite a while back that was with Abby that one was very good well you can always check back on all the podcasts yes. you've done at any point you know plenty of good content there for you to look up um you mentioned Abby there um obviously she's not able to join us today but we will still be able to uh, we which means we're going to have to do the Reading women's chat. Um, <laughs> it's probably for the best, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. If, uh, the Reading women results kind of brought Abby down from her high on Saturday. I think, well, I don't know. I think Ascot getting to Wembley probably um, uh, probably trumps or any other um, yeah. anything else from the weekend. And for those of you wondering why we haven't mentioned that so far, we did do a special pod on the uh, Ascot um, semi-final victory in the FA Vars. Uh, so that one is came out on Monday. So anyone can go back and listen to that. So that's why we haven't focused on Ascot so much in this pod. But we can give a mention to Reading Women who lost to um, Worcester at the weekend. Um, the result leaves them two points off bottom. Uh, the, only the bottom side gets relegated. It means that Leicester are now only one point behind them. Reading are in tenth uh, with Brighton on uh, 10th and 11 points so they're ahead of Brighton on 9 and Leicester on 10 uh, Brighton have a couple of games in hand and uh, yeah Tottenham are also in the mix as well uh, they're on ninth, ninth with only uh, 12 points so a couple of tricky games coming up and really yes. um, looking over their shoulders quite nervously at the moment you think yeah I mean that's a, that's an absolutely dire result for them isn't it on um mm. We, there's 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 no beating around the bush we've we've um we spent a few weeks talking about you know oh, how crucial the games against brighton and leicester were going yeah. to be and you know how important that six points would be you know reading would be safe by now um yeah. if they'd if they'd t- probably even if they'd even taken three points from one of those games the fact they've managed one point from those two absolutely vital games is it, 
it's a disaster, isn't it? That um, mm. I, I I wonder. I, I do I do wonder whether maybe we should sort of check ourselves sometimes when we talk about Reading women because um, you know we probably wouldn't talk in these terms about um, any of our other clubs partly be, partly because they're kind of they're, they're part time. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of it's sort of for want of a better word, I suppose it's hobby football, isn't it? It's something you do, something you love doing. And people would say that. But yeah. but but Reading women are in a, are in a professional league. And so I feel like we can we can kind of talk about them a little bit more like a like a, a, a like you would a, a pro club. So but it, but there's no getting away from it. You know, one point from those from those two games is is mm. is really, really dreadful for the club and and you have to worry now i mean they do have spurs coming up mm-hmm. that's i think that's the only that's the only positive i can take the next is everton sit man city who are you know in the title race aston villa who are pretty good mm-hmm. they've got spurs and then they've got chelsea the last game of the season you know that's yeah. where's the where's the where's the points coming from um yeah do you, they got They've got a couple of weeks off now because the international break. Yes. Do you think that'll be? I'm not sure if that'll be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, to be honest, whether you want to uh, um, sort of galvanise uh, with a couple of weeks of getting back to the training ground. Obviously, your international players are uh, dispersing yeah. to uh, wherever they may be playing, um, and then you do have a big game against Everton because um, I mean, some might say Everton and Aston Villa are the kind of sides you want to be playing now because they're, yeah. they don't really look like they've got any chance of getting into the top four particularly. Um, and they're certainly not going to get relegated. So perhaps they don't have quite as much to play for as some of the other teams in the division. Um, but, you know, they are, like you mentioned, still very good sides. They're up in, what is it, fifth and sixth for a reason. So yeah. um, <clears throat> it's I, tricky. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, what you, what we need here is a, is an ex pro who can come in and tell us what <laughs> it was like going into the international break. My suspicion is, um, you'd rather go into well, it's, 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 again, it's, you know, going back to cliches, I suppose, isn't it? But mm-hmm. or, or just things that are obvious. But if you go into an international break with a win, um, yeah. great. But I suppose it's also an opportunity to reset. How many internationals do Reading have? Not not a huge amount they're not then their entire t- it's not like if you're you know it's not like your arsenal or manchester united where your entire or, or man city or or um uh chelsea where your entire first team squad's going to go off on international duty yeah. you know they, we're, we're talking there's, there's a there's a couple of northern irish internationals there's there's a bit, bit of a welsh contingent um you've got you've got belgium and norway but it, yeah. your entire team is not decamping to to a to an inter, to a national camp, so there is possibly an opportunity to work on things or or to just have a break and reset. And I, I don't know. I have no idea the way that, that, that to deal with that. So you know, who so, yeah. knows? So uh, as we say, it's a, a, a break now. <laughs> Reading aren't playing again until the twenty third of April. So uh, yeah, a little little gap from our Reading coverage, but I'm sure as the uh, as we get closer to that date, we'll uh, we'll start focusing on them again and. Abby will be back to talk about what, <laughs> how she feels going forward for these uh, um, for Reading women. All right. Uh, well, I think we should finish off then with how we always do, like picking up some games for um, uh, to watch this weekend. Uh, 
we actually have a bank holiday weekend, of course. So there's fixtures on pretty much every day if you want to go and see something. And with all the backlog of fixtures, you could probably get to games on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday <laughs> if you wanted to. So, um, uh, but Tom, over the course of the weekend, let's pick out a couple of games that uh, yeah, sure. you think would be I... worthwhile going to. I think that, um, I mean, as you say, there's loads. I think if you fancied an away day, um, I, I think Bracknell down at Bracknell Town down at Swindon Supermarine. Um, oh. That's not a, not a million miles away. I've been to Swindon Supermarine before. It's a nice, tidy little ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, that that's a crucial game um, for, mm. for Bracknell. Obviously, I don't, we didn't mention them. Uh, that, you know, Bracknell lost on on Tuesday night. They've got a lot of games to to fit in. But you know, in terms of Bracknell's playoff slash title, I, I think the title that that um, that Southern League uh, Premier Division South title is kind of open up for grabs now isn't it i think western have been hauled in and truro lost as well at the weekend so it's it's a little bit whoever can cobble together a little run mm-hmm. um so so bratton will need to need to come back and, and bounce back so i think if you fancied a little away day getting down to, to swindon supermarine would be a would be a decent one i must admit i don't know much about the out of the wider area every time we played swindon supermarine when i was when i was going home and away with bratton it was always on a weeknight so um <laughs> so you, you drive there you drive home again so i don't know much about the local area and um, but certainly that was a that was a nice tidy little ground um but i guess um i, I should i'd be remiss not to mention on saturday um is the there's a clinically ground hop around these parts which and i think um if i remember rightly you can you can take in if i'm looking at the fixtures you can take in mortimer at 11 a.m on saturday taplow united at 2 15 and then woodcut at 5 30 um so the, i think that's been planned so that you can get to all three games and um, so i've just mentioned the the hellenic league ground hop i think mortimer are expecting a crowd of around 200 and there is a match day program um but there's there's you know there's there's loads going on isn't there there's friday night saturday sunday mm-hmm. um and monday in, as well monday as well yeah maiden playing at home at monday as we mentioned mm-hmm. and in fact um on monday you mentioned bracknell so i'll just mention that um uh, it'll be on Monday at Bottom Meadow. It's the battle of the joint managers as Baker and Underwood take bring their um, Beaconsfield Town to face uh, Bracknell Town, obviously managed by uh, Carl Withers and Jamie yes. Dodds. Yes. Jamie McClurg. Jamie, Jamie McClurg, yeah. <laughs> Jay, Dodds, Jamie McClurg, yeah. Yes. Um, on, on Bank Holiday Monday as well, there are in the Isthmian League, um, obviously they, the, the leagues always try and try and get local games on, on Bank mm. Holidays. You've got Binfield at home to Marlow and you've got Thatcham Town at home to Basingstoke Town. And I think that looks like a, a double set of juicy fixtures if ever um, anybody was thinking about going. There doesn't seem to be too many women's games this weekend no a lot of the leagues um, are starting to finish now yeah so, finish uh, up yeah so there aren't too many but um uh, to go back to a couple of uh uh men's games uh sort of my picks i guess um uh josh mentioned windsor against oxy jets on the yes. um, on the saturday that's a huge six pointer bottom two sides there windsor you know anything less than a win for windsor would be uh, uh would be pretty well Pretty tough, you know. It make it if they lose that one, they're in a, a bit of trouble. Um, but I'd also um, highlight Langley as well, a team we didn't mention um, 
uh, too much in the chat with uh, uh, the guys from Barks County, uh, but Langley are currently third in the table, uh, and they're playing second place Deportivo Galicia on the Saturday, followed by, uh, well, Sandhurst, the team, despite who, despite being in eighth, are the team with the best points per game in the league, um, and they're playing them on the Monday. So two massive games for Langley there that uh, would... Uh, would also be good to see the first one is actually away. So uh, away at Deportivo Galicia. And then on the uh, Monday, the Langley-Santos game is at Arbor Park. So a couple of big old fixtures there. And again, whenever you, uh, whenever, if you ever you want to see what's going on on your day uh, in the Berkshire football, just get over to www.footballinberkshire.co.uk and check out our uh, fixtures and scores uh, page. It has all the details of all the games that are happening uh, for Berkshire clubs, wherever they may be. Good stuff. Tom, you have a couple of bits. Before we leave, you have a couple of bits of any other business you want to discuss. Uh, yes, um, there is news of the County Cup final tickets. That's Bracknell Town v Marlow. Those are on sale. Um, if you And we will have some information up on this on the website shortly. Um, probably not before this podcast goes out because I'm just going to run out of time. But um, <laughs> You can find details of the tickets on the Barks and Bucks County FA Twitter. Um, there should be some information on how you can get tickets for that on their website as well. Um, and I believe Asker have also announced that tickets for the Vars final are going on sale next week. Yes, 12pm um, Wednesday, the 12th of April. So that uh, is another one to look out for. Um goal of the month is nearly sorted we are i'm doing running two concurrently at the moment so february votes are in uh, and we've got videos in for march so um we should uh we should have that shortly it's been chaotic rob uh, <laughs> and as is this podcast but absolutely this has, yeah this has been fun <laughs> it has yeah two presenters three guests loads of chats and uh couple of competitions to end on there for people to get involved with but yes uh, sorry just could I, could I also just flag um i've said this on monday but we've got a really great podcast on friday yes. um, with paul watson he is the author of the uh, I, I can't talk this book up highly enough it's called up pompeii um it's quite old now it's probably a decade old mm. um but it's a it's about an island in in the um federated uh States of Micronesia. States of Micronesia, thank you. Um, <laughs> and and Paul uh, Paul went there hoping to um, be an international manager. It's a great story. I won't spoil it. Go read the book. It's brilliant. Um, but also, um, the, he's now set up a futsal tournament uh, across the Federated States of Micronesia. That takes place later this year. There are some amazing shirts being made available. Um, we might be getting into possession of one or two of those. So find oh, out. I thought you, you were going to say you might be expensing us a holiday out there. Uh, yeah. Sorry, the, sorry. Uh, the, uh, the, ad on the, the ads on the site aren't, uh, aren't running that well. They are, <laughs> they, are, um, they are absolutely fulfilling what they need to do for, for FIB. Um, so yeah, so so um, just that podcast is it's uh, Alicia Povey, Paul Watson, um, and me, and it, I, I'm you know I'm distinctly average, but those two are absolutely <laughs> superb. Uh, it's a really good listen, and I can't wait to to put that one out there. Very good. So watch that out for that one on Friday. Did you say? Uh, Friday, yes. Um, at some time, it'll be out on Friday morning as early as I can I can get it together. 
Friday morning for that pod. And obviously we mentioned the Ascot pod that came out on Monday, so you can go back and listen to that or any of our um, previous works on all good podcast platforms. You can go back and search through um, all the interviews we've done over the years and any chats we've had over the past few months as well. Um, But before we leave you, just a reminder that you can get all of our um, outputs across social media platforms twitter facebook uh youtube tiktok uh instagram i think and even linkedin uh so i think i've got them all that time <laughs> yeah, most Stop. of the time most mate it doesn't matter they're all they're all out there just go and search yeah, all it. the fun. platforms search for football in berkshire there you'll find uh loads of uh loads of stuff and you'll be able to keep it uh in touch with everything that's going on in the berkshire game or if you're old school you might want to just go to the website www.footballinberkshire.co.uk and you can read all our articles and everything uh from there as well um so that's about it for us um thank you very much for joining us thank you very much for listening thank you to all our guests thank you to tom canning cheers rob thanks to rob davis as well Wonderful thank you stuff. very much no problem and can i just, just just very quickly can i just apologize to anybody who is watching this um the absolute state of cameras on cameras off today was uh, <laughs> a joke i am in my uh, my mum and dad's house and they don't quite understand that uh, i might be recording a podcast uh, out, <laughs> looking through files looking through this and i was like I that's not going great so um yeah absolute state anyway live oh, on your thank, own it's much better thanks to tom's parents as well for <laughs> keeping us entertained and <laughs> thank you to all, all you for listening and we'll be back again uh next week so until then goodbye see you later special guests Ellis Woods and Lee Simpson from Barber County and Joshua Brown from the Maidenhead Advertiser. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our intro music is called Basecamp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own Rocky Kings, which you can find on Spotify and all good music outlets. Find Football in Barbershop on Twitter, Facebook and footballinbarbershop.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running the Sales Academy, digital skills boot camps, and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.